Okay, we are live. Where are we? One, two, three, four, five. Fifth of May, two thousand nineteen. I hope the fourth is still with you. If you're listening to the podcast um, and wondering what the hell's going on, then uh, unfortunately Derek Griffin wasn't able to join us. I'm not quite sure. There seemed to be some technical problem in, um, in joining us. Um, so we've done a little bit of a question and answer. Um, if you like the podcast and you want to actually converse live as we're talking, then obviously come along to um, www.facebook.com forward slash one chat live. That's where the podcasts are recorded. And um, yeah, you get a chance. You can ask questions in the comments. Normally, there's not just my ugly face, but another guest on the screen as well. Um, so it becomes kind of a three way thing. Um, and in the future, I'd like to do a four way thing. I'd like to have two guests on at the same time, just something I want to entertain. Um, I have got some exciting news coming up as well now, but on this damp now, I'm just feeling a bit. I had a fantastic run this morning. I always have a great run on a Sunday morning because I'm just thinking of of the guests that's coming up. And as I get the joy of doing podcasts, as I get to choose the guests I talk to uh, for free, I'm talking to great minds that I can select and I want to um, converse with. So my run in the morning sometimes is with my two-year-old sometimes by myself it's just exceptional a long lasting promenade i'm so uh, focused on uh, what's going to happen about three hours and sadly it's not coming to fruit okay so this is cool live today's my guest is matt phillips a podcast host of uh, one chat live and he'll be answering questions so what we got christian weaver is strengthening the glute med to prevent adduction at the knee still worth doing hey you know what this question and answer could be really cool I've prepared nothing. So let's see. Um, okay, so uh, let's just put this question up so everyone can see it. Is a question from Christian here. Um, okay, so strengthening of the glute med to prevent deduction. So, yeah, there, there is of the of the literature and studies we have got on changing biomechanics to potentially reduce pain. Um, the glute med strengthening um, is a fairly strong one, but there are there is contradicting studies as always. This is the problem, and this is why a reoccurring theme in working with runners is always work with the runner in front of you. Okay, because it's always worth trying these things. But if it doesn't work, then um, you just have to move on. And also, because the thing is, there is studies which show that strengthening the glute med. I can't think of them offhand. Derek would straight away. Um, but um, there are studies which show um, decent studies um, which show that strengthening the glute med uh, to prevent to prevent adduction uh, can reduce uh, ITB syndrome, tibial stress. Um, and they're successful. But the trouble is there's other studies which are just as good. Um, show runners who maybe have got uh, iliotibial band syndrome or tibial stress syndrome and uh, they're not adducting or they've got perfectly strong glute meds. So um, whilst that happens, it makes it a very gray area. Um, it is, my advice is, Christian, if you've got a runner who, uh, and presumably you're asking this question because they are suffering from something, they're in pain, um, then if you're trying to find that piece, that jigsaw, put it together to help them, then yeah, strengthening of the glute meds is still something. If I find they're weak and they're in pain, then yes, I will um, in, in combination with other things, I will get them to strengthen that glute med. Um, what we do know also, which is interesting, is just because you strengthen the glute med, let's imagine you give them exercises like band walks and clams or um, all these other exercises, uh, lying abduction, leg raises, 
Um, studies also show that just because you give them a stronger glute med to do that exercise, um, the actual way they run doesn't necessarily change. And that kind of makes sense because the brain um, is very much context driven and it uses muscles in the context. Um, you lying down and getting stronger at raising your leg in the air won't necessarily have a knock-on effect to you needing to keep the pelvis maybe slightly from dropping by using the contralateral glute med. So one thing I do recommend is if you are doing strengthening of some particular muscle group, uh, because you're following the research, which is cool, then also you need to check whether there's some gait retraining as well. And the glute med often goes hand in hand with pelvic drop on the contralateral side. So when uh, we do have runners suffering from ITB um, or tibial stress, then, yeah, we'll use that combination of glute med strengthening, tangible, so you can see them actually getting stronger, but also checking whether they need to be doing some kind of running uh, re, uh, gait retraining, such as getting to do wide drills, uh, running slightly wide across a line, uh, uh, that's been shown as well to help alleviate symptoms. Um, so, yeah, still worth doing, but it's not going to be the, you know, the be all and end all. And, and as always, my answer to all of these questions of is it worth doing is you have to look at the, the pyramid of evidence. OK, whenever you're treating any runner and at the bottom on its kind of 80 percent of running related injury, the key factor is uh, inappropriate loading. So before you get into the, oh, is their glute med weak or are they running too narrow or are they wearing the wrong shoes or do they need to do more stretching or whatever? You need to make sure, is it something far more integral and basic as in have they done something too much, too soon, uh, too quickly? Um, look at their training. Um, that's where a lot of it is going to, to make a difference. So hopefully, Christian, um, if come back if you want with another comment um, and we can keep that conversation going um so uh yeah hopefully that helps um okay what else we got let's have a read through here dun, 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 dun. let's just get rid of maria from support because that's just not helping me right follow up our clams let's uh hide count comment christian is still got the floor christian has the shell and christian's saying follow up our clams enough to elicit changes in strength um there are some interesting studies on the effect uh effectiveness of different exercises um, you can Google them and find them. There's kind of a nice little kind of chart of which exercises show strengthening. Um, I, th I don't I don't think in terms of when they do the uh, EMGs to see the stimulation of muscle fibers and, and therefore use that as a measure of how much the muscle is actually being affected. I don't think clams come up that high, which is why obviously some people say, I'll never do a clam again. Um, I think the choice of exercise, though, an important factor is where that particular runner or patient is in terms of ability to do the exercise. Um, how, you know, sometimes you need to take it down to the ground. You need to take out other factors, whether it's just to uh, relax the client, uh, whether it's so they can really focus on performing it a certain way. Um, normally, in terms of exercise choice, I use the continuum where you want to move from the floor to the way that particular muscle group is going to be used in the desired activity, which in our case is running. So it kind of makes sense not just to stop at the floor. You need to take them to a single leg exercise, whether that be hip drop um, or hip raises um, or whether it be um, sided uh, adduction crab walks or something. You need to get them standing up um, and then a running drill, like I say, to actually use that strength that they've gained um, in context. So, um, yeah, I, the clam has a place. 
Um, but again, you've got to think of context and, and getting doing something um, as closely related to running as possible, which obviously lying on the floor isn't. I hope that answers the question. Um, what do we got? Let's have a little look down. Da, 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 da. Matt Hart. Right, Matt. Thanks for joining us. What do we got? Are we not just improving low capacity rather than preventing adduction? Uh, interesting question. Um, you know what? Maybe that's, yeah. Maybe. Is that a bad thing? Uh, this is always the question. Uh, we know that uh, the kinematics and the kinetics are both involved in in pain and sometimes uh, it's not a case of trying to get them to move differently it's just increasing um, load tolerance um, it's probably a mixture of the two a lot of the time um, the interesting thing is, is also that uh, with gait retraining uh, sometimes uh, the the runner along with the strength exercise and the gait retraining they'll see symptoms decrease and disappear which is great um, and then they'll gradually just drift back into their normal way of running. Let's imagine they started with a crossover. They did some gait retraining to reduce that crossover. Um, and then the pain goes, which is fantastic. Happy days. And then you, you do a follow-up gait analysis and they're crossing over again, but they're not in pain anymore. So this again, you know, creates an interesting discussion of was it actually the crossover gait that was causing the problem in the first place? Uh, because if now they've got over that pain and they've reverted back to a crossover gait, you can't say crossover gate, you know, cause that problem. Um, I tend to see in a lot of cases um, when it comes to the biomechanics, looking how someone moves. Um, it's all about reducing the load to tissues that have been sensitized or the system's been sensitized when that tissue gets used. So if you can keep someone running and, and um, keep therefore kind of the nervous system happy to do that activity without feeling threatened, then fine. Um, however you manage to do that is great um, but once the system has become desensitized and it's happy to run again and use those tissues whether it's through load capacity or changing the kinematics and um, then that's kind of job done and a lot of times i think that's a healthy way to look at it and that helps put all the biopsychosocial together i think having that framework um, so yeah i hope that kind of uh, creates uh, yeah give me a follow-up matt if that kind of helps or doesn't help or um, let's do that Oh, I like this. I wonder if there's anyone else. I might actually make a whole podcast out of this and just do once every couple of months questions with Matt. This is going to backfire me, isn't it? No, it can't do because I'm not scared to say I don't know, which makes me such an incredible therapist. Let's have a look. Christian is back in the house. Christian, do you use orthotics with patients? If so, where is the current evidence? Brilliant. This is great. I love this. If you haven't seen it already, then check out our episode with... Um, sports pod ian griffiths um ian is my go-to guy for orthotics um i used to have i still have it no i haven't got it anymore i used to have quite a lot of kind of uh podiatrist envy um uh, because if there was a gap in my studies then it definitely was um kind of the foot down i saw the foot as always a little bit th threatening um not knowing when it is actually the kinematics of the foot that's making a difference so it was with much open arms when i started seeing ian griffiths talking a lot about how again it's not the kinematics the biomechanics the foot is a very gray area again um obviously there may be some kinematic issues going on um, but a lot of the time again it's the kinetics it's the actual way that tissues are having to handle force 
Uh, and we've seen that uh, when you put um, an orthotic device into a shoe, you're always going to change the way that the uh, that, that foot has to deal uh, with the forces. Uh, it will be redirected. Even if you put like an odor eater in, there will be a redistribution of forces. So um, in a lot of cases, and the podiatrists who I tend to kind of work with and refer to, and, and this is why Ian is my go-to guy, sports pod, because, um, yeah, the modern version of orthotics is seeing them as a way of redistributing forces and offloading tissue. Uh, Craig Payne, um, who is the kind of co-host of um, Podchat Live, which is an amazing podcast you should all be listening to as well as mine. And then, um, yeah, they're very much into that. Okay, it's uh, it's not just about kinematics and, and the literature and the studies. They show that uh, the old idea, because what do you base kinematics on? Are you trying to uh, make everything symmetrical? Tricky, because the literature doesn't support the idea that we need symmetry in the foot uh, to alleviate or avoid pain. Um, are you trying to reach a series of norms? Have you made, you know, following these as uh, these uh values which everybody should be uh, adhering to again tricky because we know that not everybody has the same norms um, there's a lot of anatomical uh, variance within the structure of the foot and the way the bones sit together and the way the bones move um, ian will go into a um, i have to have him back actually i'll have a chat with ian ian talks a lot about how it's more about the timing of the uh the movement that the moments as opposed to how far let's imagine the subtalar joint or um the medial arch dips or, or doesn't dip um, it's not about the quantity of movement it's often about whether the quality suits the person who um, is is dealing with those forces so do i use um orthotics with patients ask christian um i will use off the shelves if i feel for example that uh, they may well offload um uh, the tibialis posterior or something if i feel they've got some issue going on there and i uh, then i can uh, offload the tissue by having them use one of the off-shelf orthotic devices then i'll try it um i will give the runner a go to run in it if the pain is reduced and it means they can keep on running um, as well as doing any other particular uh, part of the recovery process that, that i think will help then that's a good thing uh, how it's helping may not be so important and sometimes I'll experiment with different off-the-shelf orthotics, even if what's on the packet doesn't adhere to what, in theory, it should be doing. Because most orthotic devices off the shelf are kind of, you've got your red, yellow, and green, like high arches, low arches, and neutral. And it's the same problem as the shoe. You can't categorize runners into three different categories. Uh, and it's pointless because, again, you're trying to make people fit into this norm, this neutral, where everybody will be happy. And it's just not the case. Um, there's plenty of people who are adhering to your norms and your happy place and they're in pain. So, yes, I do use them, but for all the different reasons um, that are probably traditionally they are prescribed for. Uh, but like I say, yeah, check out Ian Griffiths if you haven't already. Uh, what we got? Um, bum, 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 bum. Matt Hart came back. The issues around foot orthosis is dose prescription. Research does not provide this and there is the issue. Yeah, this is the problem as well. Let me bring that comment up. With regards to the use of orthotics, orthotic devices, um, again, if there's runners listening to this, which hopefully there will be a lot, particularly on the podcast, um, obviously you can't see the questions that I'm putting on the screen. But um, uh, 
Matt Hart has said the issues around foot orthosis is dose prescription. And dose prescription is a really important thing. A lot of the time, runners who go to see podiatrists are under the impression that the way the podiatrist is going to help them is they're going to correct some biomechanical flaw and they're going to give them something that should be there for the rest of their lives, uh, whether it's a suspected or a, a leg length discrepancy or flat feet, or all these other kind of ideas, which, again, the, the literature doesn't support. Um, if you are, if a podiatrist does prescribe you some form of orthotic device, um, some insert to the shoe, then it should be a clear, uh, the same as with exercise, there should be a clear timeline of how long I want you to use this for, whether we're going to start using it less and less, uh, whether you're going to have a different type. Of, there should be this timeline going on, ending in, in most cases, not always, but ending in eventually you won't be using them anymore. Okay, they are almost, you know, I compare them sometimes to a crutch. Okay, you are going to use them for a while, um, but you're not using it for the rest of your life because last year you did a very successful two and a half hour marathon and your feet haven't changed. You're still at the same length legs. Okay, something else has happened along the line, but you were born this way. That's the, uh, you know, that's the thing which we have to remind a lot of patients who feel that, oh, yeah, but I think it's because my hips are unaligned. And, now, if you were born that way, if it's a structural issue, then we can't really blame that for the pain. It's more likely to be you're overloading tissues, you're doing too much too soon. Uh, we can offload tissues by changing things, playing around with strengthening and stretching and stuff. Uh, but the idea that this particular orthotic device is going to put you back into shape and realign you. As soon as you hear the word realign, that alarm bell should go off. Okay, because realigning, a bit like overpronation, is a word that brings connotations and that just aren't going to be very evidence-based. So, yeah, dose prescription. Um, it's a, a very good word that should appear all the time when you and if you go and see a podiatrist with the idea of getting inserts. So uh, let's get rid of that. Thank you, Matt, for your contributions. <laughs> Mike James. Bummer. Gutted there's problems. Always thought mass smashing it. As always, Matt smashing it solo. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Matt, uh, those of you, again, if you listen to the podcast, I have to keep remembering that not everyone's watching this live. So Mike James is another guest who we had on the show. Fantastic. The endurance physio. Not to be confused with endurance physio, who's also getting bigger on Instagram. Remember, Mike is the endurance physio. The is very important. I think Adam's Meek Adam Meekins had this as well, as well in his early career, where there was the sports physio and just sports physio. Um, people were getting a bit confused. Uh, but yeah, just remember Mike James is the endurance physio because yeah, Mike's putting out some fantastic, Mike, I can speak to you personally. You're putting out some fantastic information late. It's great. All around the London marathon, there was a lead up, there was during, there's now follow-ups. So whether you're on Instagram or Facebook, um, then, uh, make sure you're following the endurance physio and Mike, uh, so, yeah, thanks, Mike. I'm sorry that Derek's not here because Derek is great as well. Um, but, hey, maybe I hopefully we'll get him back soon. He's going to try the iPad. He may well appear soon. But, Mike, yeah, feel free to add some comments and join in if there's anything that comes on the screen which you feel um, you could uh, lend your huge experience to. Um, right, what have we got going on? Where are we? 204. We've got another 26 minutes. Andrea Colombi. Uh, rather than using orthosis, can short-term changes in running form from midfoot to heel striking and vice versa? Oh, let me just put this up on the screen so you guys can see it. 
There we go. People watching the video now will be able to see the comment. Uh, so Andrea Colombi, rather than using orthosis, can short-term changes in running form from midfoot to heel striking and vice versa be a way to keep training without irritating issues more? Yeah, for sure, without a doubt. Um, and I love that you've used the example of, God forbid, changing from a midfoot to a heel strike. You know, For a few therapists and running coaches and runners already, that very idea is just like unspeakable. Uh, it's like, yeah saying Candyman three times in the mirror. Uh, but it's a good example where we we know there's no one optimum way of running. It's all about what your tissues can handle. Some people are born with different thresholds for tissues. You may well be able to change it through strengthening. Um, it may not be necessary. You might find that it's more of a natural way for you to land with a heel strike uh, because your tissues support that. Or it might be. Normally, a, a midfoot or definitely a forefoot demands uh, more tissue tolerance on the Achilles and the calf complex. But if you're born that way um, and you're better off using that those tissues rather than uh, putting load on the knee, then, you know, that's the way you're designed to run. But, yeah, it's interesting because if we do see pain, for example, in the Achilles or the, or the calf complex, again, putting someone back, like you said, Andrea, putting some, Andrea. I've got to be careful here. I don't know if Andrea male or female or whether I, I don't know Andrea let us know it sounds like I don't know let's know but Andrea or Andrea um yeah definitely um have the important thing often is letting someone continue running uh, we know that if you take someone out of running then that's just to a certain extent reinforcing the body's threat of running um, full recovery comes when the body will accept running will accept that sensory feedback that i'm upright i'm bobbing up and down my arms are contractually moving with my legs um, that's when the brain will kind of think the nervous system uh, will know that this is what it perceived as dangerous before so if you can get somebody during the recovery stage to run with a midfoot to a heel strike or change from a heel strike to a bit of midfoot uh, then yeah that's a great way uh, yeah definitely so that's a very good comment andrea um, who's male sorry andrea so it's andrea andrea where are you from andrea is do i sense a little bit of spanish or italian or yeah so andrea's very male i just can't even tell from your profile photo anyway so i hope that answers you and um, there we go yeah changing someone's running form it's a good question and it shows you on the right page and uh, matt same with running footwear we can use different shoes with varying geometries cushioning properties to influence loading yeah great comment again i mean I'm biased. Um, everyone's biased. But I think it's a really useful page to be on. If you look at interventions like orthotics and footwear, uh, tweaks to running form, if you see them as ways of just varying geometries, like Matt has said, um, of changing the tissues you're loading and how much you're loading different tissues and loading the system, because ultimately the it's a very fine line or it's not even really a line between your nervous system and which tissues you're loading. It's all really the same thing. But yeah, that's a much healthier page to be on, I think, as uh, definitely as a healthcare professional in the clinical perspective, um, rather than thinking I'm using this intervention to make you into that shape or that shape or to run this way or that way. You know? um, so, yeah, definitely, Matt. Um, yeah, varying geometries. I like that. Uh, exactly how we should be using shoes which is interesting because certain shoes will in theory suit us more if we are suffering from a certain symptom um, I've got so many shoes in my wardrobe um, 
depending obviously on the distance I'm running, what I'm running on, but also whether I'm feeling like the calves are a little bit overloaded, if I'm feeling something in my hips um, or in my knees, then um, although it's anecdotal, I've got my go-to shoes if I'm feeling a little bit of knee pain. Um, how much of that? Well, the important thing for me is it, how do I measure it, whether it helps? It does help. It feels like it's helping. Um, but I think there's more evidence there thinking that, well, if wearing these shoes, I feel less pain on my knee, then obviously they're doing something which is working. Uh, but then the following week or something, if my knee's feeling better again, I'll go back to my go-to shoes or something. So, yeah, um, it's a nice excuse for men to have loads of shoes in their wardrobes as well, um, which is which is always good. Right. Thanks, Matt. Another great comment. There's some exciting news in the pipeline. It's a bit premature now, but um, yeah, I may as well uh, kind of talk about it briefly until another question comes along. But um, I am going to, I'm in the process of organizing uh, a, well, as large as possible running conference down here where I am in the south of England on the south coast um, designed to give something to definitely therapists who work with runners and coaches and uh, personal trainers but also for runners as well I think it's 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 it, you gain more from having runners in the same room as the therapist because there shouldn't be any secrets really um, it might be a different level of understanding but I want to try and make a conference which is appealing to runners as well um and yeah i'm hoping to to get some international speakers and national speakers along we'll make it a great two days and also we'll do um ideally i'd like to do a couple of live podcast debates as well uh, where we'll have a, a panel uh, we'll record it all stream it out um and get some people talking uh maybe i mean it's tricky because i tend to surround myself on the podcast, I, I definitely uh, invite people who are, I know I'm on the same kind of page as. Uh, there's often that desire to get someone who is not on the same page as you uh, just to create some interesting debate. But the trouble is, if someone's not on the same page at all, then the debate is kind of tricky. It's like putting um, Richard Dawkins in a room with a, someone from the clergy. As soon as they say, well, on the fifth day, God did this. Richard, I remember seeing Richard Dawkins. I've seen him a few times. Um, and it's like, whoa, 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 stop there. The world wasn't created in seven days. Well, I know that. But Richard Dawkins is like, well, no, no, we can't talk about anything now. I can't be having a debate with you if you're going to make that suggestion because it wasn't. So it's a bit like that. I love the idea of getting somebody who is uh, you know, heavily into something that I don't agree with. But I don't think it would be a very entertaining conversation. But that said, if I do a conference um, and invite people along to sit on the panel and sit in the audience, a bit like a question time, but when question time used to be good and not just a kind of the government influencing the BBC to say what needs to be said. Um, but, yeah, um, if we manage to do a nice question time, I think it'd be great anyway. But that's something which I'm putting together a timeline. I'm not sure yet, but I think it would be really, really, really quite cool. And it might turn into a yearly thing. Um, so that's exciting. So what I'll do is I will round things off. Thank you to the people who joined us today. I'm sorry I let you down. Uh, well, yeah, I'll take up my shoulders. I'm the host. I'm sorry that Derek wasn't able to join us. Um, obviously, I will uh, 
try and reschedule that for as soon as possible and work out what went wrong and um, yeah, make sure it doesn't happen again. Um, what do we got coming up? Well, apart from Derek being, I've just got the message from Derek, I'm not having any luck, oh, bless him, what a lovely bloke. Well, definitely from having Derek coming up um, in the as near future as possible. Um, I can also confirm that uh, on May the 19th, we've got J.F. Escolia, who's going to be here. I'm going to make sure I'm going to make sure I meet up with these people an hour before to get it all sorted. So J.F. Escolia um, is going to be uh, with me in the studio. Well, online anyway, um, who um, I'm very much looking to talk to. Um, I'm, I don't want to preempt it, but I mean, J.F. Escolia, I've followed for a long time as well. Um, in the past, him and Blaise Dubois, I've often kind of watched them almost as the nemesis to particularly Craig Payne and the kind of like podiatry arena. There's been some very fierce debates, uh, especially with the era of Born to Run and certain claims of uh, barefoot and not barefoot. Everybody's kind of progressed since then. I think it's much more kind of we're on the same page playing field. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, talking to JF um, an awful lot. And I know JF has done work with Greg Lane as well in the past. I should really try and get Greg on the show. Uh, but he's busy um, swearing with Adam Meekins, I think. Um, but yeah, it'd be great to get Greg on the show. Maybe Adam Meekins, although if you follow Adam Meekins' timeline, I'm not sure whether he's going to be banned from Facebook and Twitter and Instagram soon. Um, he's going through some hassles. I'm sorry to hear that, Adam. It's a ridiculous world we live in. Um, but I hope that sorts itself out for you soon. Um, June the 16th, Christopher Johnson, fantastic person who I'd love to get over to England. It's uh, definitely well overdue. Um, uh, the running zone. I mean, Christopher has got so much information. He does some fantastic courses. Um, yeah, so a couple of names there for you to put in your diary. Um, if you want to know a, a full list of who's coming up, then make sure you go to www.runchatlive.com, my website. Um, and uh, if you subscribe to that, then I keep you up to date with newsletters uh, just to let you know what guests are coming on. Um, it's free. It's just a way of communicating with uh, people and giving that extra bit of information and heads up uh, so yeah runchatlive.com subscribe i've been playing around the website um, i think i've finalized it now i like the design it's got so i'm uploading a lot of the stuff which came from sportinjumat.co.uk um slowly but surely there's an awful lot of information i've got to put on there but i'm just putting it into the new format updating a few articles here and then uh, yeah, so head over there. Um, it's always nice to see people subscribing. Um, I don't spam you. I just give you once or twice or once a month or once every two months a little letter just saying what's going on at Iron. That's it. Um, as always, if you enjoy the podcast, I know today probably hasn't been the best one ever. I'm going to have to edit it and have a good listen to whether I actually put this out. But if you do enjoy the podcast, um, then what is important for us is to uh, like us, particularly on iTunes. Uh, but anywhere you choose to watch this, just click that like button, leave a review, subscribe if you can. Nothing happens if you subscribe. You don't get charged. I know it's a horrible word. It just means that we appear higher up in the lists and we get exposed to more people. Uh, we're not making money out of this. Um, it's just a case of uh, delivering the information 
to people so that the more of you who actually click on that like and subscribe button, particularly in iTunes and Apple, um, then the more we feature in lists and higher up in charts and the more the information gets out there. So if you like what the guests have to say, or what I have to say, um, and you want to pay us back in kind, then then great, do that. Just go to your Stitcher or iTunes or Pocket Casts or even Spotify, I think, is a great place to listen to podcasts as well. And just subscribe or like us on that. Um, bum, 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 bum. Yeah, that's it. Right, well, I will draw this to a close. Uh, my apologies to Derek if uh, you're out there or somehow listening or if you listen to the recording of this. Um, sorry about that, mate. Giving up your morning. I'm going to, I feel like screaming at someone from Belive TV. I don't know what happened, uh, but uh, hopefully we'll get together and sort it out another time. Um, right. So thanks for joining me. Um, I'm going to try and put Derek in another date. Uh, keep an eye on Facebook. Uh, uh, keep an eye on my website as well. and I'll let you know when Derek reappears um, and of guests that we've got coming up. Uh, until then, uh, take care. Thanks for joining us. And uh, hopefully I will see you on the other side of this camera very soon. Thanks very much. You're listening to Run Chat Live podcast, putting the evidence back into running injury and performance.